Well, since we're not going to get a chance to be together on the 24th or the 25th, just Merry Christmas, right? Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Have you guys ever thought about the power and the hope that somebody can find just through even a glimpse of peace? Let me give you guys an example. In uh, early December, all the way back in 1914, the Pope at the time suggested to the world leaders that a truce be called in World War I so the soldiers could all celebrate Christmas, right? Not a bad idea. Of course, the various presidents and kings and generals refused. Can't stop a war, they said. But then on the front lines, this is a true story, on the front battle lines, the first winter of World War I, something really special happened. After months of bloody fighting, on Christmas Eve, on several different places on the Western Front, Allied soldiers began singing their favorite Christmas carols across the barbed wire to the Germans. When the songs were familiar enough, the Germans would actually join in and sing back. Entire battalions throughout the night would just sing across the lines to each other. Eventually, even some trumpets, which were usually used to signal battle instructions, joined in the caroling as well. But it gets better because early the next morning as the sun came up, many Germans came walking across no man's land, bringing gifts to the Allied soldiers, which were mostly cigarettes and pudding. Some soldiers that were present actually recorded in their diaries that the whole day, all of Christmas Day, was spent with friendly soccer games and conversations between the previously warring armies. Isn't that a beautiful reminder of the power of the glimpse of peace that Christmas provides? It's also the reason why I give my children cigarettes and pudding every year for Christmas. <laughs> Well, if we have time, if we had time, I've actually come across similar stories of soldiers crossing battle lines to celebrate Christmas together during both World War II and the Civil War. There's just something about Christmas that brings a glimpse of peace that inspires. Well, since this is the fourth Sunday of Advent, uh, it has traditionally been used to examine this very concept, the peace that Christmas brings. So I'd like to spend the next 12 or 15 minutes just exploring this in three parts, all coming from Luke chapter 2. If you do have a Bible with you, please turn there right now. In section 1, I'd like us to all kind of draw our attention to the longing for peace that the characters in the Christmas story had, the various things they were lacking and what they surely would have been praying for. In section 2, I want to draw our attention to the way that God answered their prayers for peace in probably a very different way than they were expecting. And then in section 3, I'd like to end with the so what. What? How the hope and the joy of peace with God is available to us through Christ and how that can make a difference for us here in 2020. So the first thing that uh, I'd like us to think about here is 
The longing for peace that these characters had, and they've become so familiar to us from all the different iterations of Christmas stories that we've been exposed to over the years, and sometimes we can stop looking at them as people, but these were people that lived in history, and so there's things we can know about them specifically through this account. Uh, If you look at Luke 2, 1-3, it tells us that there was a census that was being taken. It kind of sets up the story, and it tells us why Mary and Joseph had to go to the place of Joseph's birth. And you're probably used to that being read in a child's voice during a church Christmas pageant to the point where it almost just becomes this harmless or innocuous thing. But what it's really saying is that Israel was occupied. They had overlords. The Romans were controlling everything they were doing and taxing them heavily. All right? So you can imagine that the the Jews, the Israelites at that time, prayed for justice, prayed for control of their own country, prayed for deliverance from foreign occupation. I do hope you guys have time tonight or tomorrow to read through all of Luke chapter 2. And as you do, there might be a detail or two that you overlook. Luke 2, 8, it tells us that uh, the angels made this announcement to shepherds that were watching over their fields at night. And for any of you that have ever had to work a job that had a night shift, you probably felt a little bit underpaid at the time, right? Like a work all night long. The shepherds were not the upper crust of society at the time. They had to be away from home for long periods of time. They had to work through the night. They were not highly esteemed. It actually tells us there in Luke 2.24 that when Mary and Joseph uh, went to the temple to offer a sacrifice, that uh, the sacrifice that they offered was the lowest uh, sacrifice that could be made. There was a special exemption from the traditional sacrifice that the poorest of the poor could make. It explains that a little bit more deeply in Leviticus 12, verse 8. But what those details are telling us that here in Luke 2, these characters in this story, the recipients of the angel's message, were the poorest level of an already very poor economy. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this detail because there's just a lot of prophecies that are made throughout Luke 1 and Luke 2. And uh, one of the things that uh, a prophet in the temple, Simeon, says to Mary and Joseph there in Luke 2.35 is that your son will cause political unrest in this country and will cause you sorrow that would be like a sword piercing your soul. (laughs) How would you like to hear that about your child, right? So these characters, I believe, I think it's pretty apparent, they prayed for and they wanted the same things that we want. They prayed for the same things that we pray for. They wanted political stability. They wanted economic advancement. They wanted an assurance of safety. Can you imagine Mary's heart, like any mother or father's heart, would just want assurance that they could have a healthy child and love that child and see that child grow to maturity and adulthood? And Simeon says, he will cause you a sorrow like a sword piercing your soul. These characters wanted political stability and economic advancement and assurance of safety. The same things that we hope for, the same things that we pray to God for. And yet God answered their prayers in this story with a very different and a very better kind of peace. So as we move on to section 2 here, what's the specific event that we're talking about? And let me just read it in uh, Luke's words here. 
Luke 2, 8 to 14. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. And the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. So with these kind of uh, displaced, poor, uh, uh, pondering shepherds and Mary and Joseph, the angels appear and they promise a great peace on whoever's uh, uh, God's favor rests on. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. But as the rest of the New Testament develops, we start to have uh, this awakening that the peace that God brought through Jesus was much different and much better than the peace that anybody was hoping for, right? Like those shepherds, those Jewish shepherds, they would have been praying that the Romans would have been overthrown. They would have been praying for prosperity and a little bit more money in their coin purse. Mary would have been praying that her child would just grow up uh, and, and maybe save her that sorrow that was prophesied. But what is the peace... That's promised here, and how does that unfold? Let me just read three beautiful verses from the rest of the New Testament about what this peace that's been promised actually was. Listen to what it says in Romans 5, 1-2. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Of God. Listen to how it's described by Paul in Colossians 1 19 to 22. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him, talking about Jesus, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. Do you ever long to feel without blemish and free from accusation? We're told here that that is how God sees us because of the work of Jesus Christ. And one final example of many of what this peace is that Jesus brings, it says in 1 John 4, 9-11, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. In other words, the power and the hope of the glimpse of Christmas peace wasn't just that tranquil picture of the nativity scene. Christmas peace is so much grander and more relevant and practical for us than just that serene postcard, right? Christmas peace 
according to those passages, is that Jesus Christ came to take our place in judgment so that you and I could have peace with God. Isn't that different than what the shepherds expected? And isn't that so much better than what the shepherds expected? So let's wrap up in section 3 with just a couple things that I hope Luke chapter 2 can stir inside of you. Just relevant application, implications of what even a glimpse of Christmas peace means for us tonight, tomorrow, and the rest of the year. First one is this. Even just a glimpse of this peace moved the shepherds to do two things. In Luke 2, 15 to 16, it moved them to obey. They went and did what the angels told them to do. In Luke 2, 20, they went and they also worshipped. And they declared this good news to others. But what I love so much is that they did that despite a lack of change in their outward circumstances. The angels told them to go worship, to go find Jesus, and to go tell others about what they had seen. And they went and they did all of those things without becoming economically more stable, without becoming more politically powerful, uh, without having any assurance of, of future betterment. A glimpse of peace with God moved the shepherds to obey and to worship and to declare good news to others, despite a lack of change in their outer circumstances. I think I speak for all of us when I say that 2020 has been a hard year for all. But the angel's announcement of peace on those whose God's favor rests reminds us that we have enough reasons to worship and to share our joy with others, even if our outer circumstances don't change as quickly as we would like them to. All right, what's the second way that I hope Luke chapter 2 stirs us? And it's this, a glimpse of peace with God through Christ empowered Mary to live an extraordinary life of obedience and contemplation. Think about all the swirling unknowns that were in Mary's life at this time. And yet, nevertheless, in Luke 2, 21-24, she goes and she offers a sacrifice in the temple. She obeyed the religious laws that she was under at that time. Then in Luke 2, 51, it says, Mary treasured all these things in her heart. Mary's a beautiful example to us of somebody that even in a life of uncertainty, we still have enough to ponder in a way that draws us nearer to God. Let's wrap up with this before we conclude our service with some more beautiful singing. This is probably my favorite thing in Luke chapter 2. In Luke 2.35, it shows us that a glimpse of peace with God through Christ allowed Mary to endure looming and unavoidable disappointment. Remember what I said about how that prophet Simeon had said something to Mary? Let me just read that again. This prophet in the temple says this to Mary. This child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against. And the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Mary had a difficult life. Mary, uh, according to most accounts, saw her son die on the cross. But nevertheless, she understood enough of what God's plan was and the peace, the spiritual peace between sinners and God that Jesus would provide, that she could go through a life that was often full of unavoidable disappointment. She was able to do that with joy and with faith. 
So all this to say peace with God doesn't mean that you will have a 2021 free of tension or conflict or hardship. But as Mary models for us, a glimpse of peace with God allows us to serve him and obey him and trust him with joy, even in the most difficult of things, right? This peace that we ask for has been fulfilled in an even better way than we asked for. We have become atoned and forgiven in the eyes of a holy God because Jesus Christ taking our sins and taking our place in judgment. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ the baby came and did and death and resurrection. So I'd like to invite the worship team to come forward, resume our worship. And again, I hope that everybody has a chance to read through Luke 2 tonight or tomorrow and just be inspired with this glimpse of peace that we're given. And of course, what it means for us uh, even, even tonight, even today.